0: Hi Darklings, the following episode contains opinions and speculation and should be taken as such. These stories depict violent crimes of all types and may be a trigger for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Darkened Doorway podcast, your doorway to everything dark, crimey and weird. Hi Darklings and welcome back to the Darkened Doorway podcast. This week we're going to be following on from our story from last week about the Victorian
1: High Country disappearances. You've been looking into this one a little bit, haven't you? I have, and there's quite a few cases where people have gone missing in this particular area, but we're just going to Mm. focus on the six that we sort of mentioned initially, just because they're all in sort of the same-ish area, quite close together. And, you know, there could be some links between these cases. Not that it's actually been confirmed, but. Mm, Maybe. Mm. Same sort of area. So yeah, yeah. so we're gonna, we're gonna start with one of the more strange ones, I guess. This one is a little bit uh, different to some of the other cases. Um, This gentleman's name is Conrad Whitlock. So, Conrad's wife last saw him at about 11.30 on the 29th of June 2019 at their Sandhurst home as they climbed into bed and she woke at 5.30 a.m. Conrad was gone. Conrad was 72 years old. He and his wife, Mandy Whitlock, had been together for about 52 years, which is huge in yeah. this world that we live in. Yeah, less for murder. And they <laughs> They both migrated from the uk as children and they had a successful business in victoria australia these two did everything together they worked at the business together they shared their hobbies together they went skiing together and for the previous 20 years they were also really into racing car driving and conrad would drive and mandy would navigate see i can't be the navigator i'm not great with maps but also looking down while your whole race car is vibrating around i'd be you know a vomiting mess by the end of this
0: and i think as well if you are busy vomiting like being a sympathetic vomiter i would also be vomiting which means i just don't think that that's going to be a career for us um i could not be driving and vomiting although it would definitely affect the cars behind us uh true true Mm -hmm. true right i don't even know if race cars have windscreen wipers do they (laughs) I don't know I'm sure they do they do it could be gross I'm just saying
1: yeah don't mind me just a side quest that was a side quest Mandy loved her husband so we know that Conrad's gone missing right but I just needed to stop on this part first because in one Mm. of the interviews that she gave about her husband she said that she cannot imagine life without this man it's totally surreal she said it's just really surreal I love this man so much. So they've been together 52 years and he's just disappeared out of yeah. thin air, basically. She wakes up and he's gone.
0: Imagine that first night, like you've slept next to this person for so long and then suddenly they're gone.
1: Like yeah. that would be such Ugh. a
0: foreign feeling.
1: Oh, just, yeah. And And these two really did do everything together as well. Yeah. So like, yeah. Okay, so I better tell you what happened to poor Conrad. Well, the bits that we know anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So Conrad had a bit of a habit of going into work early. So it wasn't unusual. And he'd been having a bit of a persistent headache for the past couple of weeks. And he was Mm -hmm. meant to have a scan on Tuesday. So, you know, nothing too much to worry about really. But Mm -hmm. he thought he'd try and get in early on Monday if he was able to. So, and he'd spoken to Mandy about this the night before. Mandy thought all of this was quite normal, but by the afternoon, she had not been able to get hold of Conrad and obviously they spoke quite regularly Mm. and he hadn't come into work and one of the employees tracked his phone, which showed that he was on the way to Mount Buller. Okay. Okay. That's when Mandy got the feeling that something was really off. Mount Buller wasn't particularly close either. Yeah, it's quite a distance, isn't it? The police located Conrad's vehicle on Mount Buller Road, parked on a section of road, you'll love this, called Unnamed Corner. That's really Mm. its name. Mm -hmm. That is very inventive. (laughs) Yeah, very inventive. So it really wasn't Unnamed Corner. Anyway, sorry, side quest. So to give you a bit of an idea, this is about 30 kilometres from where the other person that I'm about to talk about disappeared from as well mm-hmm. his name was Niels Becker so you're starting to get a feeling that there's quite a few people going missing from this particular section of the Victorian Alps yeah I think it was in like a 60k radius yeah yeah that's yeah. not a
0: huge distance in the Australian bush
1: no not at all not at all mm So here's the weird bits. Conrad's car was found with his wallet, phone and jacket inside. And remember, this is right near the snowfields as well and in winter. So it was really cold there. And surely if he was planning on leaving his car at 630 in the morning, he would have grabbed his jacket. At least. And phone probably like you always need to have your phone. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it's surgically attached. Yeah, (laughs) it is these days. and he was previously an avid skier so he would know how Mm. cold it gets yeah and
0: how quickly your body would lose that heat
1: 100 percent, and you always have your wallet with you as well Mm. anyway so they were in the car when the police found it
0: but he wasn't planning for a big walk was he
1: oh no no he hadn't mentioned he was going into work early yeah so but now his car's at Mount Buller yeah very odd Mm. and we we know what his movements were actually because the police kind of looked into this and they used dash cams from passing cars and road traffic cams oh. as well so they could track his movements so that was kind of cool. they worked out that he left home at 3 a.m in the morning yeah and arrived at Mount Buller at 6 a.m okay. they saw that his car was parked at 6 30 on the side of the road at unnamed mm. corner yeah so that's a really long way from home it is So there's a gap of time of about 10 to 15 minutes where no cars went past Conrad or at least cars with dash cams or dash cam footage that they gave to the police. So,
0: of course, this (laughs) is about when he stopped. Of course it is. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I'm like, oh, let me guess. That's when he went missing, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, we don't know why he stopped or where he went, which way he went from the car, if Mm. he was with anyone or anything like that.
0: That is very convenient, I'm
1: just saying. Very, (laughs) it is. So, where he pulled over is like this really steep drop as well. Mm. So, it's not, there's no real walking track there uh, and it's not a place that you'd kind of just Pull over and look at the scenery. Like it's yeah. it's not where you would go. It's just like and Conrad bush wasn't or really into hiking. Yeah, like yeah. it's you know it's it's on the side of the road. Like it's yeah. not a spot, not a safe spot really to stop. Yeah, so it's unlikely that he intended on going for a walk. Plus, he didn't have his jacket or his phone or anything with him. Yeah
0: that's so weird. And so
1: if Conrad had fallen down the drop or something like that there would have been some kind of vegetation disturbance you know mm. like falling off the side of a mountain surely there would be something left on the side of the road. Yeah. Fingerprints or something you know like you know broken branches or whatever and the police actually got there pretty quickly so it's not like you know you would see the disturbances. Yeah and if he'd fallen
0: mm. as well it's not like he would have fallen and just kept going like a few kilometers into the bush. It's not like you can
1: roll that no. far. No.
0: So... No. So the
1: police searches and the dogs, so they used dogs to search for him. Yeah. And they didn't find anything. There was no sign, nothing. So it's yeah. almost like he was picked up out of thin air. That's so weird. Maybe he was aliens. Maybe he was. Maybe a passing car. Who knows? So it's been suggested that perhaps Conrad took his own life but there Mm. is nothing really to support this and I'd hate for his wife to think that Mm. he had just gotten a new racing car and they were super excited about it financially they had no issues and his relationships were good Mandy believed that he may have had a medical episode possibly uh, Mm. and died up there on Mount Buller, but no one really knows for sure because he's never ever been found nothing Hmm. and did they bring dogs into this one do we know yeah yeah they did yep so they had dogs searching the area and everything quite soon after he went missing because he was noticed that he was missing quite quite quickly so if it was a medical episode wouldn't they have picked
0: up on the scent surely and tracked him if he walked in there nope
1: Hmm. yeah absolutely and there was no mention of scary spiders across the track either so you know there was it's almost as if perhaps someone else was
0: driving past and like picked him out of there or something
1: Yep, or dumped his car there or something. Mm. Yes, I see your eyebrows. <laughs> anyway,
0: so <laughs> doing the Victorian my waggly Alps. eyebrows, guys. I'm doing waggly yeah. eyebrows.
1: <laughs> so the Victorian Alps we've talked about is like has I think it's kind of a Bermuda triangle, really, because really there's been is. quite a few people going missing there with yeah. under quite weird circumstances. Mm. And I have another one for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So a few months later, a gentleman by the name of Niels Becker on the 24th of October 2019 left on a solo camping trip, which would lead to a huge land and air search. He never returned and he's never, ever been found. No trace of this man. Okay, so a little bit about Niels. According to his parents, Niels was a fantastic uncle to his sister's three kids. He was a normal guy. Uh, he was 39 he was very outdoorsy he was independent and resilient his father said and his face didn't make small children scream or anything either it's just an average looking guy (laughs) apparently not so that's quite good average looking guy yep and he was about to turn 39 and he'd been planning this trip for quite a while a solo trip into the Victorian high country for his 39th birthday he was doing a hike. On his own, which tells me he's a bit of an introvert. It's like the ultimate (laughs) introvert
0: birthday present. I'm going to go into the bush and talk
1: to no one. Delightful. (laughs) Does sound delightful. It does. It's way too
0: peoply out there.
1: Oh, I know. Except, would you do that into the Australian bush? It can be a little bit scary. And also, camping.
0: My version of camping is a pop-up tent at a hotel. Like I take the pop-up tent yes. to the hotel room, I go in, I pop the tent up, and look at me, I'm camping, and I'll get, like, room <laughs> service delivered. Because look at
1: me, foraging mm-hmm. for my own food. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, and not an airbed either. You'll want, like, a sleeping duck mattress or something fancy. Yeah, I'm going to
0: put it on hey, the bed. a sponsor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do not believe in roughing it. No, no,
0: fair enough. My ancestors roughed it through the Stone Age to get me here. I feel like it would be disrespectful Mm -hmm. for me to go backwards.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Anyway, Niels Becker was not that kind of person. (laughs) He wanted to do a solo camping trip for his 39th birthday into the scary, scary Australian bush. It's beautiful, Mm -hmm. but let's, I'm not going to recommend anybody go into the Victorian high country at any time soon because, I'm sure it's lovely just make
0: sure you like have a rope or something tied to where your car's parked mm. so that you can be following that back yeah I think so or take um, a big dog with you I don't mm. know yep no because then the dog might get hurt oh yeah we don't want that to happen either <laughs> no we love the dog <laughs> it's like you would never listen to this podcast again if the dog okay got hurt. fair enough
1: you have to listen you're part of it yeah but the dog can't get hurt Okay. Fair enough. No stories about dogs. All right. Mm-mm. So Niels, he was a very experienced hiker and he'd been planning this trip for more than six months. He had everything ready. He was well equipped. He'd even logged his trip with the local police. So he did all the right things. It's very responsible. Very responsible. And he'd been there before on school camping trips and that sort of thing. And also as an adult as well. So he kind of knew the area. Yeah. So he'd planned a seven or maybe five-day trek, depending on who you ask. And he'd set out his itinerary. He'd identify which huts that he was going to stay in during his travel. So people knew where he was going. So he was doing all the right things. On the 24th, Neil sets out in his car, leaving it parked and set off into the Australian Alpine Walking Track, which stretches from Victoria all the way up to the ACT. For our non-Australian listeners the ACT is the capital of Australia and I know we've mentioned this before but it does you know it is important to mention that it's the only state in Australia where you can legally have cannabis, sex workers or concubines or paramours whatever you'd like to be called, fireworks and you can buy baby turtles without a license and it is also where all the politicians are so coincidence? Mm -hmm. I think not. Yeah
0: no i I think as well though the most important of all of those things is the turtles right
1: because they're bloody adorable they are but I think you should have a license for them really because they're actually quite difficult to yeah. keep careful you know anyway yeah, they need UV true. and they yeah. need heat and you know healthy water okay. <laughs> all those
0: things yeah fine I won't buy any illegal turtles
1: <laughs> no illegal turtles for you It's also illegal to collect them off the side of the road. Just so you know, you have to go through a breeder. Just you know, that's a public announcement. I disagree. You're not allowed to. Because I used to collect them off. I used to
0: collect them on the road all the time and take them into work, and I would use that as my excuse for being late for work. Had to stop. Had to get a turtle. Right. Okay. But did did you take them back to
1: where you found them? Because that's what you're supposed to do. Yes. Yep
0: yeah unless they were badly injured in which case we casted them and then we gave them to a wise carer fair
1: enough fair enough all right which is our
0: wildlife people around here Mm -hmm. thank you Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right anyway along the track there is a series of huts that you can stay in and they're there in case of an emergency or if shelter is needed or whatever and we know that Niels made it to the Upper Jamison Hut and then went on to Vallejo, and I apologize for the pronouncement, Vallejo Ooh. Ganta Hut, which is... I, almost said I think that is work.
0: not even close to being bad. <laughs> I don't think that's bad at all, considering some of the names and pronunciations I have come up with in this podcast. Absolutely.
1: Vallejo Ganta yeah. Hut. you got to say that very carefully. This was Mm, the last place that anyone heard from Niels. Then he sent a text message to his family saying he was going to hike onto Mount Sterling before heading back to his car. Now all of these huts have like these sign-in books and it was later found that Niels hadn't Mm. signed into any of them, which is weird because if you're going on this, you know, 39th solo birthday, surely you'd want a record. And plus it's what you do if you're a hiker, you know, I was here so walk person yeah so it's a bit strange the police said that they don't even believe that he made it to mount sterling hut and perhaps he was delayed by bad weather or got lost on the trail but he knew this area but i think the interesting yeah. part of this is for someone who is such an experienced hiker who knew the area really well was really well prepared what are the chances that he just wandered mm. off and got lost and once you look into the sheer number of disappearances in the area it's a bit suspicious it's just that's it and also
0: like i just don't feel like if you're that experienced and he's organized he's super organized i mean he even let the police know Mm. where he was going
1: Mm.
0: not just people the police yeah i know people don't usually even bother to go to that extent he was doing everything right yeah So I find it all very questionable.
1: Mm. Anyway the police stated that they don't believe that there was any foul play involved but again they haven't found anything either to say that it wasn't so yeah aliens much like the others yeah much like the others disappeared into thin air and like we said before there isn't any big predators that drag off and eat whole bodies you know like you find yeah you'd find bits and pieces of your, his pack at least mm. i mean the red-breasted sparrows will take some parts of you
0: <laughs> but i mean and they do they do go around and put pretty big packs out there
1: um yeah. to eat
0: tourists and stuff but they're usually mm-hmm. pretty good with the locals they don't they don't yeah. like the taste of us as much
1: no no mm. it's the salt content or something like that that's it yeah Mm. anyway mm. and the drop bears yeah mm. yeah <laughs> it's all a bit suspicious it is a bit suspicious and I really want to sing the song don't be suspicious but I'm not going to because that would be annoying anyway exactly so the last case that we want to talk about is probably the reason why we started doing podcasting this has been em's like passion this is the thing that started it she's got all of these conspiracy theories that i don't know if we're allowed to talk about them because you know this Mm. one kind of anyway this is a bit different to the other ones and there's you know some court stuff and blah 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 but uh yeah so do you want to talk about dear old russell hill and carol clay and try not to put the venom in your voice when you talk about you know the relationshipy bit because there's a few things i don't like in this just the i have a bit of an issue with the whole
0: adultery thing Mm, mm, so mm. yeah but i'll keep it out of my i'll keep it out no judgment
1: Mm -hmm. um (laughs) (laughs) you should have seen a jaw jut out just then (gasps) yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is definitely the one that got us into podcasting in the first place, because I definitely have theories and thoughts on this one. Uh, Very Um, much so. So. And we're not saying that they might be linked
1: to the other ones or anything like that, because we wouldn't do that, because that would be inappropriate, because there's no proof to say that, but they're all in the sort of same sort of area. So.
0: But, you know, also, um, there's some really interesting articles out there about this. Um, mm-hmm. And ABC actually did a really, really interesting one about the High Country Mysteries. And I, so I fully suggest that you don't read it because mm-hmm. it's awesome. We'll pop the links um, in. But okay. It. Yeah. But okay. So this is the last one we're going to talk about today. This is the case of Russell Hill and Carol Clay. So this one's actually been in the news quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not so sure if it's been in the news overseas as much as it has here. Um, it is an ongoing court case at the moment. Mm-hmm. It has been set aside because the person who is of interest has apparently come across some financial difficulties and is having to find ways to pay for their legal team.
1: Don't kill people. But what?
0: Yeah. What? Anyway, <laughs> so I think we'll start off with with who Russell Russell Hill was. He was a 74-year-old husband and father. He lived in Druin, Victoria and in March of 2019 he went for a little quick drive and he picked up Carol Clay. Now Carol Clay was a 73-year-old divorcee. She was a mother of three and a former beauty queen and she lived in Packham, Victoria and they had known each other for many years. But what they hadn't really let anyone know was that they were actually in a relationship despite you know she had been married at one point and he was still currently married so yeah yeah hmm. anyway, the affair went on for like so, 20 oh years
1: didn't it like and they it were certainly did childhood sweethearts and that sort of thing yeah reminds mm, me mm, of mm. charles and, and um, a little bit i mean what so sorry yeah. mm. I wouldn't give them royal status. Mm-hmm. Fair enough,
0: fair enough. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so salty. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, actually, though, her sister, Carol Clay's sister, knew about the affair. I'm not sure when she found out about it. <laughs> so, in March of 2019, Russell actually went to pick up Clay to take her on a camping trip. Now, they used to do pretty regular camping trips but obviously they didn't really tell anyone that they were going together because, you know, that would have taken the extra zing out of it, I
1: guess.
0: (laughs) So in March of 2019, Russell went to pick up Carol and they went to go on a camping trip at the Wannengatta Valley, which is, surprise, surprise, located in Victoria. And it was on the 11th of March, great day that Russell spoke to his family and friends and said he was going camping on the King Billy track which is in between Wongada and Mount Bulla <laughs> now this was an area that a year previously Russell and one of his friends had actually been camping on this track and they had encountered the button man the
1: button man, <laughs> the, man. the button man <laughs> I, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I knew neither of us would resist that Couldn't we promise each other that we wouldn't do the whole, the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man? We can't keep that promise. No, I'm very sorry. we've got it out now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we have. So the Button Man is a hermit that the locals and hunters are all aware of. This guy is said to be about 70 years old. He's got grey hair. He's physically very fit. And he's a very capable bushman who camps for weeks on end regularly in the high country of Victoria. And he's said to kind of give out this super, like, spooky vibe. But that being said, he doesn't act violently or make any threats or anything like that, that that they know of. And also, I'd like to point out, he comes out of the Victorian high country alive. Yeah, yeah. He's still kicking. Yeah, that's it. Apparently. Now, I know you're all wondering, why is he called the button man? And it's for a very soothing reason. It's because (laughs) he's known to carve little bone buttons out of deer antler and other bits of bone and he collects them and wears them through his ears or just casts them into interesting
1: shapes <laughs> or other types of bones not that we're inferring anything no but very artsy that's why he's called the button man
0: yeah and look i feel like he could have his own tiktok with those five minute crafts
1: if oh you're yeah interested for sure that sort of thing mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. so when russell and his friends spoke about the button man he questioned them about why they were there and made it pretty clear that they weren't welcome which is apparently kind of something that he lists on his hobbies so you know <laughs> on his cv yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and look he's also account, just maybe kind of sit there and watch campers and monitor cars that come and go and there was also these reports that he would silently turn up to a campsite And just take a seat (laughs) and start making awkward conversation with some of these hunters so you know not creepy at all just a real Mm. welcome wagon to the victorian
1: bushland Mm. Mm. sneaking up on unsuspecting campers and yeah plopping on down around the campfire yeah (laughs) yeah that that really sounds lovely with his phone buttons yeah Mm. yeah I, i look
0: i'm also wondering though if this is a bit of a boo radley kind of thing And for our listeners that don't know who I'm referring to, Boo Radley is a character out of To Kill a Mockingbird. And if you haven't read it, you probably need to go read it because, you know, it's one of those everyone should read kind of books. (laughs) Anyway, so there are other reports from locals that he can be found chatting around at the local, like, pub and the grocery shops and all, all those kind of places. And he's actually a very nice man who's always super polite to everyone he meets. And maybe he just, I don't know, he doesn't like trashing the local bushland and that's
1: why he's keeping an eye on these people that's what i'd prefer to mm. believe or maybe maybe our mr russell was a bit rude to him at some point and so he kind of fired back i don't he know he was kind of known to be a little bit of bra that's russell that is mm. Mm.
0: we will get back to the button man though later so on the 19th of March in 2020, Russell and Carol set off for their camping trip and tracking from their phones showed that they travelled through the Hayfield and Le area of Victoria, and then presumably kind of went out of mobile range. Russell and Carol travelled to their campsite via the Zika Spur track. This was actually a track that Russell had built himself as he used to work as a contract logger, so he was pretty experienced regarding the area. In fact, he'd been there three times in the previous months and since his retirement two years prior, he had been on a whole heap of camping trips, some of which Carol had actually (laughs) accompanied him on. They were also, like the other people, really well equipped. They had their phones and radio, they had camping gear, food, water, and Russell actually also had a drone.
1: I'd read that he'd named his drone oh did he like he was very proud of his drone i don't know what it's called but i'm going to call it rebecca from now forward that's it i think that's the most appropriate <laughs> for that
0: mm. yeah. <laughs> i think i might uh, we might have to look that up but yeah so on yeah. march 20th russell made uhf radio contact with a friend from an amateur radio community that he was part of and he actually told him that they had reached the wonongatta campsite and that they had been setting up the camp for the night so that was pretty much the last time anyone heard anything from either Russell or Carol. Now the next day, on the 21st of March, some of the campers came across this campsite that Russell and Carol had put up and they found that Russell's vehicle had minor burn damage and their tent and gear though was completely burnt out. Bizarre. These awesome humans immediately kind of figured out that something was definitely up and they reported it and a search (laughs) began into what happened. So this is also the first time that we found kind of something to go off, that something had happened with these disappearances. Everyone else kind of just disappeared without a trace. But these guys, there was definitely signs that there was something bad that had happened. Yeah. Now, a few interesting things came out of the police investigation into the campsite. The police couldn't actually determine at first how the fire that burnt their gear and vehicle had started as there was no accelerant found, and also that both Carol and Russell's mobile phones and Russell's drone were noticeably... Rebecca. Rebecca. (laughs) Rebecca had flown away. (laughs) These guys were also different in the fact that neither of them were overly experienced as a bushman slash woman. So it's a bit strange to think that they would have just wandered off into the bush. Like even like a newborn Australian knows you don't do that. (laughs) So the police began interviewing everyone in the area, which brings us back to the button man.
1: I'm not going to say it. No,
0: but you know what listeners, if you want to say it in the safety
1: of your car, you go for it. It's in my head right now. I'm saying it. Mine too. (laughs)
0: they did look into the button man and they interviewed him about what he knew regarding the disappearances in the area so not a lot of information has actually come out about what they discussed or what the button man knew but we do know that he has no criminal record and he was never charged with anything and hasn't ever been charged with anything they did say however that the conversation that they had provided them with some pretty interesting information into towards their investigation. Now, on the 30th of March, aerial searchers and people on foot and the dog squad all joined in the search. But unfortunately, they couldn't find a single clue about what happened to Russell and Carol. The search continued up until the 6th of April and when police put out another call for assistance, the Wellington Crime Investigation crime unit got involved and they helped with the investigation and stopped searching around the 14th of April, which is when they kind of hit that more rugged terrain. It's quite a big,
1: a long search time, isn't it?
0: It it was. And also, just like all the other searches, it came up with no results. Mm. This case, however, ends a bit differently to the other cases. Remains have since been found of both Carol and Russell, and murder charges have actually been put against a pilot named Gregory Lynn. Now, this case did go to court in January, but apart from kind of hearing some preliminary evidence that was going to be introduced, not a lot has actually come out about what happened. His legal team have put a whole bunch of caveats on things. They're trying to stop stuff being released Mm -hmm. um, and we don't have a whole heap about it yet. We do know currently that he is still in prison um, awaiting trial. We don't have the date of the trial as yet, and he is apparently having a bit of trouble funding his legal fight at this time but we will go into who gregory lynn is and we'll
1: talk about that all next time because we are now done for this episode excellent i cannot wait to hear about our gregory lynn and Mm. why he's being considered for the murder of carol and russell because You know, we have talked quite a bit about this and it's juicy stuff, so
0: yeah.
1: and we'll talk about how yeah. they came to find him and the recovery efforts
0: for the remains of Russell and Carol. Not that there was much. Um, but until then, thanks for listening, Darklings. And don't forget to find us on social media, on the Darkened Doorway podcast Facebook group and Instagram, and mm-hmm. say hi. Let us know you're there. Give us a rating if you're enjoying the podcast so that we have like some motivation to keep going. And uh, we'll (laughs) check some photos up and some maps about what we've spoken about today. But until next time, Darklings. Bye, Bye,
1: bye, bye.